Happy Sabbath, everybody. Come on, we can do better than that. Happy Sabbath, everybody. Happy Sabbath. Are you glad to be in God's house just one more time? Come on now, are you glad to be in God's house? I didn't say my house, I said God's house. Just one more time. To be in this space is a blessing and an honor. It's a privilege to be able to come before our King of kings and Lord of lords to be able to worship him on this beautiful Sabbath day. God is good. And all the time, God is good. And all the time, amen. And he's truly worthy to be praised. You may be seated in the presence of our amazing king. It is an honor to be here. We want to welcome you to the Tabernacle of Praise. Thank you for your love, your support, and your prayers. Amen. We want to welcome all of our online visitors, family, and friends who are joining with us via our streaming on Roku, YouTube, Facebook. We praise God for you as well. And as always, we thank God for those that are in the physical space. We don't want to overlook you because we know like those that are online, you could be somewhere else, but you have made a conscious decision to worship with us today. And we want to just say welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm looking through the audience here. Do we have anyone visiting with us for the very first time? Any first time visitors with us this morning? We just ask you to raise your hands. Amen. God is so good. He is truly worthy. We have one. Oh, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. We want to welcome you here to Tabernacle of Praise. We're not going to put you on the spot and have you do like a solo or anything like that, but we just want you to feel welcome. Amen. We thank God for you, and we pray that you come back sin sincere, sincere. Amen. We are sin sincere. We are so happy that you are here with us, and we praise God for you. Amen. Um, anyone else visiting with us for the very first time? take this time to recognize you as well uh, because we believe that God is a very present help in the time of storm. Amen. Any birthdays, any birthdays this week? I know we, we're about to close out April, um, but we do want to recognize you if you have a birthday this week, this week, any birthdays, anniversaries, don't want to overlook anyone. But well, we praise God for you. Just a few more announcements, just a couple of announcements. I believe, I see Brother Thomas in the back. I believe there is a cookout schedule if the rain per, doesn't show up. 
but I believe we're still on tonight, right? We're still on rain or shine, um, rain or shine. We will be at Brother Thomas' house. Um, Brother Thomas, what time is that again? 7.30? 7.30. 7.30. thirty. Thank you so much. Amen. So we welcome you all there. And also on next week, on April the 22nd, we will be having our town hall meeting with the conference. Um, it will be held at Berean at 7 o'clock. So we encourage you to uh, be there in attendance for that. And, and then we have our marriage retreat. We want to keep our marriage, um, married couples in prayer um, as they go to this retreat. And it's not, let me just put a plug right there. It's not that there is something wrong in the marriage. The reason why we have marriage retreats, sometimes it's just to get away. Sometimes it's just to do a refresher and do a reboot or recharge and just to be able to get away with that significant other because the work week have us so taxed and so much is going on. So it's good to be able to get away. And so we don't want to look at this as a negative, um, but look at it as a positive. And even if you do have something going on in your relationship, again, it's a positive. This is a time for you to get away and get some counseling, amen, amen. Sit down with someone that, you know, can help you through that thing. Um, and you very well may meet somebody there that is going through the very same thing. So we encourage you to be a part of that special marriage retreat. Also, real quick, um, um, have our top town hall meeting, which will be May 13th. Along, as, along with our communion and a baptism. And then we have camp meeting June the 9th through the 11th. And on tomorrow, we will be meeting with our finance committee, so we encourage you to be a part of that. Um, again, we thank God for you. We praise God for you. Um, at this time, let's just bow our heads as we offer up a word of prayer. Loving Lord, our Father and God, again, we are so thankful, so blessed, privileged, and honored to be able to come before you you are truly an amazing God. Um, without you, we're hopelessly lost, but with you, we're more than conquerors. We give you all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, the world is in such a place where the love of God is not being shared. You look around the world and you see all the shootings and all the killings and all the stuff. And you just have to ask the question, who's going to tell them about the love of God? Who's going to tell them about our soon coming Savior? So I just want to ask you the question, who's going to tell them? Who's going to tell them? Jesus loves them. Gonna tell them there's a better way. Yes, Hallelujah. Who's gonna warn them of the things coming on them so God can turn their night today? I'm gonna say that one more time. Amen. Who's gonna tell them? Tell them 
There's a better way. things coming on them so God can turn their night today somebody's got to warn them somebody got to do it somebody's got to tell them could you help me say somebody Somebody's got to tell them. Somebody's got to tell them. So I'm going to ask you, wherever you are, who's going to tell them? Who's going to tell them? Jesus loves them. Jesus loves them. Who's going to tell them? There's a better way. go and tell somebody are you willing to go and tell somebody are you gonna warn them of the soon coming Savior who's gonna tell them I'm gonna tell them Jesus loves them I'm gonna tell a better way. I'm gonna warn of the things coming on them, so God can turn. Can I say that one more time? I'm gonna tell say Jesus loved them. Coming on them, so God can turn the night. Somebody living darkness right now, turn the night today. Somebody's living in darkness right now, turn the today. Somebody needs the love of Jesus right now.
tell them that Jesus loved them. If we don't tell them, who's going to tell them? There is a better way. You don't have to stay in the situation you're in. There is a God that sits high and look low. Has all power in his hands. And he's ready to receive you this morning. As we transition over to our prayer time, he's waiting to hear from you. Because somebody got to tell them. Yes. Somebody got to warn them yes. Yes. that Jesus is soon returned. Yes. I don't know who you are, but if you need God to do something special in your life, I just ask that you would just meet me at the altar. You know, we're still praying for all of our family and all of our friends. We're praying for our members that that have not made their way back to the church. We want to keep them in prayer as well because God is truly a very present help in the time of storm. It's prayer time. Father and our God, again, we're so thankful. We're so privileged, so honored to be able to come before you, to be able to stand in your presence, to be able to lay our petitions before thee. We're so privileged and we're so honored. We thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. As we come, God, we just ask in the name of Jesus that you will forgive us of our sins that you would cleanse us even now from all unrighteousness. We ask you to do this, O oh God, because if you don't, it won't get done. No one is capable, no one is able, no one has the authority, none but you. And so we ask you to forgive us, cleanse us even now. We lift up before you, Father, in a very special way, all of our sick and shut-in, those family members that are having health challenges. We thank you, Father, for just being that God to, to do these things for us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for touching us. Father, thank you for being that, that friend that's sticking closer to any brother. Father, thank you for being a way maker. So, God, as we come, as we lay our sick and shut-ins before you, we ask also, God, that you will cover our church that you will set up a hedge of protection around this building, this place, as we worship thee in spirit and in truth, that no hurt, harm, nor danger will befall any one of us. Father, we ask that you would do that in the name of Jesus. For we know the enemy is busy. But Father, we give him no credit, give him no play, give him no glory. Because all the power belongs to Jesus. So we thank you. We honor you, God, for the message today. We honor you for the worship experience thus far. 
And as we go out to the highways and byways, and as we tell others about your soon return, give us strength. Give us courage. Keep us, we do pray, to do what you do and creating us a clean heart and renew the right spirit within us. We thank you for those that are viewing online. Cover them. We thank you for those that are in the physical space, those that have chosen to come down, those that are in their seats. Cover them. The praise team, the musicians, cover us. Keep us, oh God. And when we leave here, we will not leave here the same way we came. This we do pray. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen again. So God That is so beautiful, isn't it? Who's yes. going to tell them? Who's going to tell them? So we have to do a little house cleaning. Um, as you know, I had COVID. Lee, Lee didn't have COVID. I had COVID. And um, I think I had a little bit of the flu. I had brain fog. It was just, uh, but it was good. It was okay. Every now and then you need to just sit on down and just, you know, just be sick. You know, that's, that's my philosophy. If I'm sick, I'm, I'm not doing anything. No cooking, no cleaning. It's time for somebody to do it for me. So, uh, so, but we have a little bit of house cleaning. I want to thank those who stepped in. Beverly with her um, emotional and heartfelt appeal. Kwame with his quiet approach, but uh, sincere approach to um, being faithful and tithing off. And we just cannot overlook Kennedy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, right. I had a... I was well then. I was just in, um, in Nashville, and I was listening in to the church. And I heard Kennedy. I'm like, what is she talking about, Easter eggs? What? What? Oh, my. But she brought that thing home. It was just so beautiful. I am looking for the treasures of God. Every day, Kennedy, thank you. You changed my life. I just really appreciate that. Also, we have a little, bit of back, uh, a little bit of house cleaning. So, backpack, you guys kept going even though we weren't here. This is our stewardship team. All of, did y'all know y'all all on the stewardship team? Did y'all know that? I didn't want to tell y'all that at first, but I just didn't spread all y'all are on my team. And I just thank everybody for being so consistent and helpful and bringing in your uh, backpack your stuff for the backpacks. Oh, man, I forgot to bring. We have exam one example of a backpack, so I want to bring that in and show it to you. Um, but I want you also to know that we're still collecting, so we're on crayons this year, you don't, I mean this month. We don't have to bring in one. You can bring in five or six, eight, ten, twelve. We're trying to get 200, but in the back of my mind, six. But 200 so, so that we can give our six, uh, two, I mean 600, I mean 200 backpacks. Get these numbers mixed up but not really. Okay, then we have a 12 Steps to Success, so if you think I can't bring in a backpack, come on in to 12 Steps to Success. I mean, not backpack, crayons. I can't help. See, that's a brain fog. I can't help. If you're thinking that, come on in. We'll show you how to help. We'll show you how to get there. And then we, uh, I think you mentioned the marriage retreat, which is April 28th through 31st. You're right. Everybody needs to just, if you're married, come on out and just sit down and listen to what someone else may tell you. You might find out something that you're doing that may not be the best, 
and you may decide to keep on doing it because it's working. Anyway, and then um, the Thank You, Lordy Christmas concert is in Decem um, December, but because we are, it is a fundraiser and we're um, receiving funds for the poor and needy, you can start uh, giving a thank you offering. I'm going to try to find me some envelopes for that so that we can give a thank you offering now. You can start now. I have my thank you offering ready. It's a little bit more than what you're giving an offering. Okay, it's not a piece of the offering. It's a little bit more or a lot more, right? You can do $200, $300, $400 if you choose. I'm not going to hold you to $5. Be it far from me to limit God's giving. So you guys can bring, all of us can start bringing in our offering now because around Christmas time, everybody's battling for that dollar. You know, you got your, you know, your traveling, you have this, you have that. So we don't want to be in the battle. We want our stuff already taken care of. Now, that was just housekeeping, Pastor, so don't hold that as part of my time. Okay, so you guys know that everything's been going on as usual, right? It's all kinds of sin going on. You guys heard about those um, nine-year-olds in Tennessee that two of them, and I think four people were shot and killed. You know, another one, another one, another one, another school shooting, right? Just picking on the defenseless and helpless people, the kids, you know. So there was also, while we was in Tennessee last week in Nashville, there was a hearing about going on, but there was a protest. Now, in this protest was mostly Caucasian people, mostly. I may have seen one or two black people, and they were protesting the AR-15 guns because those guns, you just don't have a good chance of living behind those guns. So it's just not a good thing to have out walking around. So they were protesting that gun. And there was three. They call them the Tennessee Three. I'm calling them Tennessee Two. But Tennessee Three, because only two of them were exposed, exposed from, their, uh, from their positions. Yeah, they expelled. Expelled. Okay. Thank you. I don't have to say the harder word. Right. Uh, they were expelled from their positions. And so they were uh, kicked off. And uh, they were two African Americans. Now, Hold on to that thought because we're going to come back to that. That's really, really important. I want y'all to remember that. But I'm here to say to you that we need people that's going to stand up and say the truth. We just need it. We need it. So everybody here is going to get a chance to practice using your voices. I hear the pastor, he was saying to you guys over and over, we're going to do it one time, once. And we're going to, do, we're going to let somebody know who's going to tell them it's going to be us. And we're going to do it right now. So we're going to do, I'm going to do what I do, and then you're going to do what you do. But you need to do it so that the people across the street, the next door neighbors, can hear. God is good. All the time. All the time. God is good. He's just so good, y'all. He's so good. Let me tell you guys, I've been, I've been thinking about it and thinking about it. But here, check this out. It's a, it's a phenomenon going on. We see it in the martyrs, you know, way back in the day, where the more people were killed, the more people joined the church, right? This bad thing was happening, but people kept coming. The more they killed, the more people came. I want to share something with you guys. Sometimes it looks like it's a bad thing, but it's good. I'm thinking about Naaman. Naaman was a leper, right? And so Naaman went to the prophet, 
And the prophet said, hey, you need to go dip. Didn't even come out and speak to him. Didn't come out and acknowledge this great captain. He's like, let's say like the President Obama. And he didn't even come out. He just said, hey, go dip in that dirty water down there. You'll be good. And he was like, no, I'm not doing that. Who is he thinking? Because his expectations, his expectation was that he would be treated big. He would be treated fantastically. But he wasn't. Hey, you, <laughs> go down there. Don't bother me. I'm eating. I got stuff to do. So don't bother me. Just go down there. So he, he said, I'm not going to do it. Pay attention because he, his men said, man, listen, all he asked you to do is just dip underwater that is muddy and have poop in it. You know, that's how he's asking you to do. That's not a big thing. Go do it. It's either that or die. So he said, okay, okay, put it that way. I'm going to do it. Now, if he had stayed and kept on to his expectations, he would have died. If he kept going in the direction he was going, he would have died, right? But doing that bad thing was the best thing that could happen to him. It was the best thing. Now, I want you to go back to the two young men. They're both of them, the name is Justin, Justin Pearson and Justin Jones. And that was the best thing that could happen to those guys. This set them up for the Senate, Congress, Presidency. Set them up. Set them up. So we have to begin to look at things differently. When something happens that somebody thinks is bad, you may label it as bad. Look for the good. Amen. There is something good, because the Bible says it. All things work together for good. No matter how much you think it's a step back. I think Paul says it best. What is a step back for? Step up. What is it, Paul? Say it, say it to me. It's a step back for a step up. Oh, you don't remember. Okay, he's looking at me. That's all right. He's going to remember as soon as I get off of this. Off of this. I've been thinking about you, Paul, all morning about this. But here we are. Yes, a step back for a set up. <laughs> they couldn't have a better situation. They just couldn't. When I looked at the next protest, which was about the black people and white people, the streets were filled. It was way bigger. Way bigger. So, as you think about how things may not be going the way you want them to go, rethink that thing. As we're praying to move ahead, because everybody's supposed to be trying to do better, whatever God brings in our pathway is to help us reach that goal of becoming better. No matter how bad it looks, no matter how you don't want to do it, no matter how, how inconvenient it is, God is setting you up for a big step up. If you grab it, if you make this thing something. Now, those Justins can go on and sit in that meeting and, and decide they're not going to say nothing. They'll lose the blessing. But if we decide to go on and do business as we usually do it, that's not going to be what God wants us to have. He has a blessing for all of us. Look at your lives. Name those problems. Thank God for each one of them. And look for the blessing. That's right.
We ought to be praising God. It's not just about the good things, but those bad. COVID, COVID helped me. Let me tell you, when I finished with COVID, <coughs> sorry, I don't have COVID for real. You got to drive though. I don't have it for real. So as I looked at that, when I got finished, I had zero pain from arthritis. It was gone. Gone. I asked God, what is that? He showed me exactly what it was. I have zero pain at this point. God is good. It may look, look, you guys, look. You got to look for God because he is in everything, every move. And it is for your benefit, it is for your future, it is for your eternal well-being. I just got to say it. God is good all the time. time. He is so worthy. Will the deacons come forward? He's just so worthy of all of our praise. How can we just not give God everything? How can we? Man, COVID probably saved me a lot of money from hospital bills. Thank you, COVID. Thank you so much. Most honorable Father, we ask that you would change our minds. Help us. Help us to see what you have for us. Even in the bad things, Lord, you are good. Lord, help us to give more today than we've ever given. Help us to be mindful that you are looking forward to blessing us. So help us to prove to be trustworthy with your things. And we just praise you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy for these offerings. We ask that you will bless them, change them from a secular use into a sacred use, and let them go far. In the name of Jesus, we pray and praise you always. Amen. Let the church say amen.
there when they crucified my Lord, when they pierced him in the side? Were you there when he hung his head, bled and died? Well, you may not have been there physically, but you were there. You were there. In the book of Revelation, chapter 8 is where we'll start our time today. Revelation chapter 8, we want to start with verse number 1 and read all the way down to verse number 6. If you can stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word, we have it on the screen. You have it in your in your pocket, your tablets. Um, let's read this together. I'll read, and then you come. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about a half an hour. Then another angel, having a golden censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. Verse 5 says, Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and threw it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightning, and an earthquake. Verse 6, So the seven angels who had, had seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. The seven trumpet players of Revelation, but we want to look at how seven trumpets of Revelation will affect society. Seven trumpets, how it will affect us. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for this privilege, this opportunity that you have given us. You are truly an amazing God. Thank you for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you are about to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Into your hand I commit my spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The seven trumpet players of Revelation and how this, these trumpets of Revelation will affect the humanity. This, I must start out by saying that this is portraying God's intervention on behalf of his people. As I look at Revelation and as I hear many talk about Revelation, uh, many look at Revelation as the most scariest book in the Bible. Many people run from Revelation. They said it's full of a whole lot of dragons and demons and 
horses with heads and all of this stuff. And revelation is what it's called, the revelation to reveal. God is simply revealing some things. And it is my prayer that as we make our way through our time today that we look at Revelation with different lenses. That this is not a book that we ought to be afraid of. And we'll get a little bit more into that as we go through this, our time together. But uh, this here book of Revelation is simply um, God's intervention, God's way of showing you just how much he loves you. And not only that, but when we look at Revelation, it also speaks of the extent that God will go through and to in order to win you back to him. Revelation is one of those books where you can actually fall in love with when you understand God's plan and God's purpose for your life. You see, when we run from Revelation, we tend to run from it because we clearly don't understand what God is talking about. And anytime you don't understand something, you tend to not support it or you don't buy stock in it. You tend to stay away from it if it's foreign, if it's different, if it's unusual, if it's a lot of stuff that I have to go through. It, 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 you know, I tend to just leave that over there because it's just too much for me. But Revelation is that book that we can all fall in love with because it's basically letting you know just how much God loves you. Now, we love the Gospels. We read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we talked about it, how Jesus died for us. And we all appreciate and love the fact that Jesus laid his life down that we may have life and, and have it more abundantly. But we must understand that the story doesn't stop there, that there is more to the story. And so when we look at Revelation, it's basically letting you know the other side, what's about to happen, what's coming down the pipe. It's just simply getting you in the position to be able to fall prostrate and give glory to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But see, but when we don't understand what Revelation is all about because we've been duped, we've been shown all of the dragons and we've been talking about all of the beasts and, 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 and so it's been presented in a way where we tend to say, I have nothing, I want nothing to do with that book because it's just too scary. Well, let me explain something to your family of God. I need you to understand that there is nothing scary about Jesus. Right. I, I, I'm going to try to walk through here because this is one of those prophetic books. And normally when you deal with the trumpets, it's normally like a revival or a crusade where you have slides and PowerPoints and you're able to paint that picture. But I'm standing here trying. I, I'm going to preach the trumpets. Amen. Because I understand now better than before that this is something that God simply must do and have to do in order to get us ready for his soon return. Oh yeah, Revelation again, God's interventions on behalf 
of his people. You see, Revelation uses all of these imageries, all of these imageries of trumpets in the Old Testament. See, when you look at it, you can go all the way back to the Old Testament. The same trumpets that they were using, this trumpet imagery of blowing the trumpet at the battle cry, blowing trumpets at the first harvest, blowing trumpets at the feast of the path, blowing trumpets is not a foreign thing. Trumpets is not something that just showed up in Revelation. You see, trumpets were an important part of the daily life of ancient Israel. Uh, 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 their sound reminded the people of worship in the temple. Trumpets also were blown for battle. So when you look at Revelation and understand when we talk about these trumpets, so you have to understand first and foremost, we talk in worship and we talk in battle. Oh, I'm trying to, you see, I'm crossing my leg. I'm trying to hold myself. I'm trying to keep in the pocket because, because God is doing some things here. God is explaining some things here. And what the enemy has done, the enemy has turned the dial in such a way where now we can't see God moving because we're so caught up in the hoorah and all of the blah, blah that the enemy has been throwing at us. So blowing trumpets went hand in hand with prayer. Oh, yeah, blowing trumpets is, is something that we ought to understand that this is a good thing. When hand in hand in prayer, doing worship in the temple or, or, or doing the festivals, the trumpet reminded God of his covenant with his people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time the trumpet blew, it reminded God that he made a covenant. And not only that, but, 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 but also, uh, uh, they also reminded the people to be ready for the day of the Lord. See, that's where we should get our excitement from when we look at Revelation, when we look at the trumpets, that this is a time to get excited. Because when you look at the trumpets, and we're going to try to make our way through the seven trumpets because uh, uh, we need to understand how it all plays out. So even during the battle. Uh, 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 this right here, the battle, the trumpet sound gave key instructions, the warning and the call upon God to save his people. This is what the trumpet did. The trumpet lets you know that there is danger approaching, that, 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 that this is the time for the people of God to enter into prayer. When the trumpets are blown, uh, this is the time to be prayerful, not fearful. This is a time for the family of God to come together on a level where we understand that this is for my good and not for my bad, depending on where you stand when it comes to the trumpet. Uh, oh, yeah, follow me, because, see, the trump is, uh, is not the same, you know, you know every, let me put it like this, uh, 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 every individual won't hear the same sound. Let that marinate a little bit because, uh, because see, 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 when the trumpets sound, you see, a believer will hear it one way and a non-believer will hear it another way. Oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah, see, 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 depending on where you stand, de depending on where you're sitting, depending on your perspective, depending on your relationship with the one who gives the order to blow the trumpet will determine where you sit <laughs> see, 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 I'm trying to paint this picture of Revelation 
and the trumpets in a way where you will walk out of here falling in love with Jesus all over again. Because the enemy had had us walking in darkness for so long where we can't see left or see right from looking left. So these seven trumpets that will sound before the return of Christ to earth, there are the seven trumpets of Revelation. Uh, 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 Why will God send them? Uh, The question, why is it that God will use these seven trumpets in these last days uh, 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 to sound? Why would God send them? You see, the number seven is an often repeated number throughout the last book of the Bible. Oh, yeah, the Bible talks about the number seven quite often. I'm not going to go through the whole Revelation beginning with Revelation 1-1, but just trust me, or you can go and do the study for yourself, which I do encourage you. Don't just take the preacher word, but I encourage you to crack open the Bible throughout the week and sit down and read a little bit with Jesus. The seven churches in Revelation 1 verse 4. Uh, Then you have the seven golden lampstand that Revelation talks about. Revelation also talks about the seven stars. You see, seven, we say, is the number of completion. You see, then Revelation goes on and talks about these seven lamps of fire, which are the seven spirit of God. Uh, uh, Then the seven seals. Then we hear in chapter 8 talk about the seven trumpets of the beast with seven heads and ten horns. And folk get right there and seem to get fearful at that point because you're talking about a beast with seven horns or ten horns? I mean, after all, I would think I would be a little fearful too if I saw something like that casually coming down my street. What kind of demon is this? But see, in light of Revelation, we understand that God uses this number seven uh, in a very special and a prophetic way of seven thunders, seven last plagues that come at the end of the last trumpet. So when the last trumpet is blown, trumpet number seven, then there are seven plagues that, be, that will be released. This event triggered by the trumpets of Revelation, it denotes God's intervention in history in response to the prayer of his people. So let me put a pin right there, family of God, uh, because see, when we look at the seven trumpets and what God is doing, he's basically responding to your prayers. Why are you afraid of your own prayers? You prayed the prayer. You asked God to come and rescue you. You prayed the prayer, God, save my mother, save my daddy. You prayed the prayer, God, help me through this and help me through that. And now God has been showing up. We get a little fearful because this is the last of the last. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. See, when we look at this thing called sin, you have to understand that this will be no do-overs. Amen. There will be no repeat. So what God is doing is getting us to the place where it's when it be when when it is all 
over, said, and done. It is finished. We say that when Jesus hung his head on the cross and declared it is finished, we, can, we, we, we hold on to the it is finished as it relates to his earthly ministry. But I declare to you that as Jesus laid on that cross and as he declares it is finished, he wasn't just talking for that moment. He wasn't just talking two weeks down the road. He wasn't just saying it is finished because you are now in the house of the living God. He said it is finished looking all the way back from beginning to the end. It is finished. Finished. So what Jesus saw on the cross wasn't just for that moment. He was looking beyond our time and beyond our frame of reference. And he was looking through eternity and he was declaring what he saw even as John the Revelator. God opened up the heavens and showed John this vision. Jesus saw it first. John didn't just get this. Jesus declared it is finished long before God showed John the revelation here in this book of John, I mean, Revelation chapter 8. So God declares it's finished, it's over, it's done. So while the seal concerned primarily those who profess to be God's people, the trumpet hurled judgment against the inhabitants of the earth. At the same time, they are warnings for those who dwell on the earth to bring them to repentance before it is too late. So if I can just stop and help somebody right there, that when the trumpet began to blow, you need to understand this is the time for you to get your house in order. God is simply giving you an opportunity to give your life to him. And we're going to talk a little bit more. I'm, I, I'm looking at my time, but I just want to walk through this because I want us to leave here, like I just said, uh, with a newfound love for the things of God, a closer relationship with Jesus Christ. And understand that what God is doing and everything God does, he do it because he loves you. Everything God places in your life, good, bad, or ugly, is because he's trying to draw you closer to him. I know it don't make sense sometimes, it don't add up sometimes, but you have to understand your math and God math just won't math together. It don't work that way. Yeah, 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 because see, uh, uh, God is moving in a different sphere. God is moving with a different understanding. God is moving with different lenses. God is moving with a different perspective. So too often time we get caught up in our limited abilities. We get caught up in our perspective. We get caught up in our thinking. And what God is saying is, no, 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 family of God, I need you to shift gears. Quit driving in first. Oh, you life I need you to get out of first and get the second and third up maybe even get the fifth gear because that's where you get your momentum you're not gonna do nothing but burn up the clutch it's time to change gears and I'm I, I'm I'm trying to shift in a way where I don't burn up my clutch come on somebody So the seven trumpets announced that the time has arrived for God to assume his rightful rule over humanity. 
That's what the seven. And see, the devil want to keep us in fear. In fear. I almost said something right there because it. <laughs> Lord, help me. <sighs> Amen. It's an inside joke there. But, 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 but God, God is moving. God is showing us that in Revelation chapter 8, when we get to the seventh trumpet and it begins to blow, it is simply an announcement that is being made. So the seventh trumpet is a revelation interpretation. When the seventh seal was opened, John saw seven angels with seven trumpets. Each angel blew its trumpet, and John saw this terrifying plague unfold, and he used these powerful symbolic language to try to describe what he was witnessing. You have to understand the first trumpet that John heard as the angel took its stand, and as he began to blow this first trumpet, hail and fire mingled with blood will cause all grass and earth and the third of the trees will be burned up. Now I get it. I get it. That's enough to scare you somewhere. Hail and fire. A third of the earth will be burned up. Trees will be burned up. Revelation goes on uh, and talks about this his second trumpet that will be uh, 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 that the angel will blow. It says that a great mountainous burning object will be thrown into the earth's ocean, causing one third. Here it is. Pay attention to this one third. Uh, one third of them uh, to become blood. One third of the sea life to die, and one third of the ships will be destroyed. You have to understand, uh, family of God, that as John, uh, the revelator, is witnessing this here vision, uh, as God is showing this to him, you have to understand John is speaking from his perspective. John is simply trying to describe something that he's never seen before, never understood. And he's doing the best he can with what he has. And so as John continues to go on this third trumpet, John saw a burning star fall from heaven on the sources of fresh water, causing the water to become bitter and kill many. We can look around our times today and see this here thing taking place right before our very eyes. Somebody said, when are the trumpets being blown? Could it be that they're being blown right now? Could it be that they're going off right now? You know, sometime, I think it's somewhere around 12 or 2 o'clock in my neck of the woods, uh, I hear the sirens go off. I believe they're just testing to make sure that the sirens are working. And, and, and it very well could be that God is sounding the alarm right now. And I declare to you that the trumpets are being blown right now. And the reality is we don't hear it. We don't hear the trumpets. We don't hear the sound. We got so we're used to, to our own uh, uh, marching to our own beat. We're so used to marching to our own sound where we can hear the sound of the angels blowing the trumpet. John says there was this fourth trumpet, uh, uh, the light of the sun, the moon, and stars upon the earth will be diminished by one third. We see that happening all day long, all around us. We don't know what season it is half the time. 
One minute it's cold, next minute it's this, one minute the sun is up, next minute it's like it's dark already, it's early this morning, it's, you know, just a few weeks ago, uh, I was waking up to a pitch black house. Now the sun is creeping in under my door. The fifth trumpet is sound, uh, uh, also called the first woe. What John could only describe as an unusual type of locust. Seen in the vision, this here will emerge on earth that will afflict or inflict intensely pain, painful stings upon human for at least five months. That's what Revelation tells us. And we read it and we understand that this is a very horrible thing. This is, this is very bad, Pastor. Uh, uh, this is very bad. This is not good. This, this is, but but, 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 but uh, I, I would like to stop and put a smile right there because, see, when you're in Jesus, it's all good. I'm going to help you along the way. Stay with me. I'm going to get you there because you have to understand when Jesus says, come unto me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus said, listen, I got you. See, 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 too many times we majoring in the minors. Too many times we're making mountains out of molehills. Too many times we're putting the cart before the horse. Too many times we get it twisted and we're not understanding that God will not put no more on you than what you're able to handle. So when I read this here in Revelation, I read it with the understanding that no matter what John saw, God got me. God showed John what was to come, but what we have to understand that while those things will come, and while those things have come, and while those things are still unfolding, God said, you will be able to pass through the waters. I wish I had some help right there. We don't have to be afraid of tomorrow. We don't have to get caught up with what we don't know, because what we do know is that Jesus paid it all. So I don't have to know all the ins and outs. All I need to know is that Jesus got it. And that's enough for me. And so the seventh trumpet, I'm sorry, the sixth trumpet was sound. The four angels, the four angels will be released to kill. Here it is again. One third of the earth's remaining population. That's right. There will be some deaths. Oh, I'm going to get you there. I'm going to get you there. There will be some death. An army, and the Bible says it, uh, 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 over 200 million. And then the seventh trumpet will blow. Also called the third woe. And as this trumpet is sounding, voices in heaven will say, the kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. This seventh trumpet also includes the seven last plagues. Why seven additional plagues? Again, you have to understand the God that we serve. You see, it is not his desire that anyone should perish, but everybody come into repentance. So God continues even at this point. You see God still extending grace. 
still giving you more time, still giving you another opportunity because you didn't accept it over there. We said, well, maybe, just maybe, if I send another plague on them. You see, the plagues are coming to draw people to Jesus. And we have looked at the plagues as a thing of destruction. Oh, my life is in danger. Lord, Lord, I don't want to be here when the tribulation time come, when the time of trouble hit. Lord, I don't want to be here. But wait, wait a minute, family of God. You have to understand that God said, no, not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would leave them in the world, but protect them. So God is saying, listen, let's not run from what I have placed before you because what I've placed before you is basically showing somebody just how loving I am. Just to show somebody who have not repented, who have not confessed by you sticking around and trusting me when you can't trace me and believing when believing is unbearable. By you holding on even if you got a holler is telling somebody that he is is worthy that I can trust him so the time of trouble when it do show up because you have been sealed and I even go over that that's a that's another sermon because we want to be taken out of here before the time of trouble and God has said no no brothers and sisters no no family of God I need you here who's gonna tell them Jesus loves them who's gonna tell them there's a better way. Who's going to warn them if you get taken out of here? Jesus said, I got a plan. I just need you to trust me. So because of, because of mankind, because of human, our human nature, because of the disobedience of his holy and beneficial law, the Bible says that God will bring this severe punishment upon earth's inhabitants. And here it is. We're so confused and so mixed up. Gender crisis, identity crisis, all of this stuff is going on. And the Bible is saying, listen, I need to do this in order to save you. The effects of the first six trumpets will include an uh, 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 ecological disaster with epic proportion. And as the planet struggles to support life, as we even look around today, there is so much going on. Humans will have to endure such intense pain that people will even want to die. People are literally losing their minds. We have moved to a space where if I have a problem with you, I just kill everybody. I'll just take the whole school out. I'll just take the whole bank out. I'll just take the whole church out. I'll just take the whole, if I could just kill up everybody, I will. That's where we are. All in the name of either politics 
are trying to discredit God as being the sovereign God that he is. You have to understand the tactics of the enemy. You have to understand what is going on behind the wall. I talked about it a few weeks ago, the magician's trick. He showed you over here what's going on, but the trick is really over there. And we so caught up over here being, being lullabied and being mesmerized and, and, being, and being hoodwinked over here where the real trick is going on over there. And we just won't let go of it. We, we, and, and, and we know this, but we do, he, is so, he is so cunning. He's so deceiving. He's so brilliant at what he does. That's why he's gotten as far as he has. And even have individuals that literally make their pledge of allegiance to him. And God is saying, I'm trying to show you through these plagues, through these trumpet sounds, I'm trying to give you an op- another opportunity because, see, you don't understand what is about to come upon you. You think you know. You think you have an idea. But, see, God sees all of this. God said, wait a minute, my wrath, oh, you don't want none of this. You can't handle this. I'm trying to give you an opportunity to get your house in order and quit playing the games because game time is over. Play time is over. Put up the Tucker toys. Put up your G.I. Joes and your little Barbies. Put it up because play time is over. It's time to be about my father's business. It's time to be about the coming king. It's time to move into a space now where he is now receiving the glory of my life. And this is what this seven trumpet sound is being revealed. God is now standing up because he's giving you an opportunity. You see, as I mentioned, you know, <laughs> some of you may think this was punishment, but this punishment will cause people to repent from their sin. This last plague, this last uh, 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 warning sound, you would think that at this point people would say enough is enough. But the reality is this will not happen. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, 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 people, uh, they're going to be so set. Society, we moved into this space where it will be so set in their freedom to break God's law that they will be willing to die for their way of life rather than repent. So locked in on your own selfishness, locked in in your own way of thinking, where you will be willing to die for the foolishness of this world. Dying for your own ways. Dying just to get your own way. Dying just to get your own way. Dying just to get your own way. Because God's way is just not plush enough. God's way is just not lavished enough. God's way requires too many rules. We've gotten to the point where we don't even talk about the rules because everybody say there are just too many rules. So maybe if we leave the rules out, then maybe we can get some folk in the house of the Lord if we don't talk about the rules. But let me see you go down to the DMV and try to take a test and ignore the rules. 
try to go to your own job and counsel somebody and break all, just throw all, take all the rules and throw them out. But when it comes to the house of the Lord, when it comes to God's house, oh, the rules don't apply. It's just too many of them. You got rules in your own house. You got rules over here and rules over there. And everybody got rules, but God can't have rules. God can't have a standing just to stand. You got you to gotta just do too much over there. And we just do what we want, when we want, how we want, live in any kind of way we want. And the reality is you can do it. Yeah, you can. But there's a consequences. There's a price to pay. Do it. Go ahead. I don't want to mess your fun up. Go on and enjoy this. Live life to the fullness. Do what you like. Live how you like. There is a judgment day coming. He that shall come will come. And he will not tarry. So when we look at the hoo-hoo, when we look at the trumpets, this is a good thing, family of God. This is a good thing because this lets us know that it's almost over. We've been singing about it. We've been praying about it. We've been testifying about it. We've been talking about it. And now that the trumpets is starting to sound, we get nervous. Oh, no, 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 not the trumpets. No, not the trumpets. Oh, I'll stay out of Revelation. Wait a minute. I want Jesus to come. And if that means I need to step in Revelation, sit down, eat a little bit, then that's what I'll do. Because this book is here to help me. It's here to give me strength and give me hope and to give me light. That's what this book does. I need revelation in my life. I don't know about you, family of God. Let me move on here. I'm almost finished. So why is God so angry? <laughs> why, why is God so upset? Why would the lamb... The loving son of God who gave his life for us, who wants everyone to be saved, every one of us to be a part of his family. Uh, why is he so angry at the world that he would send these type of plagues? Well, you know, I'm glad you asked. I wish I quit asking those questions while I'm preaching, but, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> God, God, God is upset. God is angry because God hates sin. That's what it's about. It's not even really about you. You making it about you. You putting yourself in places that you don't belong. It's not even about you. It's not about your desire. God is saying, I hate sin. What I'm dealing with is a sin issue. But because we hold on to our sin, we get mad at God and we make it about us. God don't want me to have fun. No, no. God trying to deal with that sin. But see, you don't see it as sin. You see it as fun. You don't see it as sin. You see it as, oh, hell, he loves me. Oh, 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 she loves me. And God is saying, no, 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 that's not love. 
I remember I was younger when I was younger. I was younger before. I wasn't always old. <laughs> I wasn't born like this. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but, 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 but when I was younger, I, I used to like this, this, this little girl, and, and I didn't know um, until somebody told me that I was um, infatuated. I hey, man, you mess, you mess, you done messed me up now. First of all, at that age, I didn't know what the word meant. Let <laughs> me just be real up in here right now. Uh, somebody, I'm infatuated. What do you mean I'm infatuated? What, what is infatuated? I want to get all in, 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 important now and intelligent. You know, I'm going to repeat it back. What, what is infatuated? You know, like, 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 you know, I'm supposed to know what it means, but I'm asking you, I don't know what, telling you I don't know what it means. Many of us, we are infatuated with life, the things of this world. Jesus tells us all the time that this world don't love you. The things of this world can't love you. Your job don't love you. Get sick. Mess about three or four days without any excuse. See how much they love you. God is saying, I'm dealing with a sin issue. Don't make it about you. I'm dealing with sin. God has said, I got my blinders on. I got my, my, I, I know what I'm focused on. I see you, but I'm also seeing sin in you. And how can I deal with the sin in you and not deal with you? I, I don't know how can I get this sin out of you without laying my hands on you. I have yet to hear of an operation where the doctor didn't touch you, be it laser or be it a physical. He got to touch you somewhere in order to get you better. But we don't want God to touch us. We don't want God to deal with us. We don't want God to come in our space. But God is saying, I'm dealing with an issue here. Let me finish up here because, see, Isaiah 58, uh, uh, verse 1, uh, 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 tells us to cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Uh, uh, tell my people their transgressions and the house of Jacob their sins. I need you to let them know. Cry aloud. Tell them about their faults. Tell them about their sins. Tell them you need to cut it out. Let it go. Give it over to God. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm speaking as loud and prophetically as I possibly can because God, under the sound of my voice, I'm asking you, Jesus, to help break the yoke, break the chains that bind. So that when you come, everybody under the sound of my voice will be ready to receive you. See, God hates sin because it is the antithesis of what he is. It destroys us. It causes the pain and suffering of our world, the broken families, the violence in our world, the mental illnesses that we're dealing with, the meaningless killings that we're dealing with. Satan uses sin to try to impede God's plan and keep us from becoming the children of God. 
You see, Satan uses this to manipulate the children of God, to get you to believe and think that it is God the one that is the bad person. That is God. And really, it's sin. But we're so busy looking at God and, and, and mad at God when sin over here is just eating us alive. We up looking at God. Why God? Why God? Yeah, yeah, why God? Why God? But, I, but, but, but God, I love him. Yeah, 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 yeah. You love him. You love him. God is saying, I'm dealing with a sin issue, and in order for me to deal with it, I got to hold you close. I got to touch you. The next chapter of Isaiah contains these additional reasons that God hates sin. He says it like this in Isaiah 59. He says, your iniquities have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. God sees the permanent damage that sin can cause, eternal death. That's what sin causes. And God looks at that and he sees that. He uses temporary punishment to try to get our attention. So these plagues, they come to help us. God is saying, I'm calling you to repentance. When I look at the seven trumpets, God says, here it is. I need you to understand. I'm trying to get you to repent from your sins. The book of Job also talks about this great day of God's wrath using a more common name throughout the Bible such as the day of the Lord. Job 1-2-1 says, blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord is coming. For matter of fact, it is at hand. God continues in verse 12 and 13. Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping and with mourning. So rent your hearts and not your clothes. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and a great kindness. He uh, 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 relents from harming them. God said, I'm not going to do you no harm if you will but turn to me. God's punishment are for the purpose of calling us to repentance. God wants to forgive people and have them become right with him. He wants us to become his children. Why would God die on the cross and then get all the way to Revelation and do all of this nonsense to keep you out of the kingdom? That's what we're dealing with. God is not going to lay his life down and make all of these promises and then turn his back on you. The word of God declares that he is a God that he cannot lie. 
I'm finishing with this right here. When the trumpet sounds, Jesus will be announced as king of kings. Verse 18 in the same book uh, of Revelation uh, chapter 11, uh, uh, verse 13 says like this, then summarizes many of the events that the seventh trumpet uh, uh, and beyond. Here it is. The nations were angry and your wrath has come and the time of the dead that they shall be judged that you should reward your servants, the prophets and the saints and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. Those who have been destroying the world will be destroyed. The angry nations will be defeated and God's righteous anger will be spent. Jesus is now ready to rule and to teach those who come out of that terrible period who are ready to repent. While sobering judgment are are destined to come upon the inhabitants of of this world, our loving God does not desire that anyone should perish. God's not that kind of God. So here it is. You can start playing, Elder. The significance of this trumpet in which Paul wrote, the book of Revelation tells us seven trumpets sounded by seven angelic beings at the end of the age. The first six coming in chapters eight and nine. The drama builds through each event announced by a trumpet blast until the seventh and final angel sound in Revelation 11. This, his announcement is the final. It's the finale. The last and great event. The return of Jesus is inaugurated. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. The seventh angel blew his trumpet. And there was a loud voice in heaven saying, The king of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. This trumpet announced the coming of divine wrath and the time of rewarding. God is now coming with his reward. When you understand that last trumpet sound, when you understand that God will blow that trumpet, you must now understand what 1 Thessalonians talks about. You see, we talk about the dead in Christ will rise first. And those who are alive and remain will be caught up. You see, when this last trumpet is blown, It is at the same time the Bible says the dead in Christ will be resurrected. This is the time when the angels here are announcing in Revelation that when Jesus comes now, he's ready to be the king of kings. This is when he comes and say, come, my people. I'll make you ruler over many. You've been faithful over a few things. This is all coming together. When you look at Revelation, don't leave out 1 Thessalonians because we too shall be with him. We too shall reign with him. How do I know? Because the Bible tells me so. 
the Bible reminds me of who God is. Psalms 25 lets me know that, first of all, God is trustworthy. I can trust God. Psalms 25 in verse 3 goes on to tell me that he's a rewarder of those who will wait for him. You can trust him. He's faithful to guide his own. He is the God of my salvation. He's compassionate, filled with loving kindness, forgiving those who seek his face. Oh, he remembers me. He remembers me, but he don't remember my sin. Because I've laid it before him and said, Jesus, take it. Take it all. He's good like that. He's upright like that. Who is God? He's the instructor of sinners. He will guide you if you let him. He's my teacher. He's my provider. He's my companion. He's my caretaker. Oh, he's my guardian. He's my refuge. I'm like Job. He's my redeemer. And I know he lives. That's who God is. Who else he is? I don't know who you are. But you may not know this God. You may have heard about him before and and now you want to get to know him a little bit better. I want to extend that opportunity to you at this time. If you have not made Jesus your personal Lord and Savior, if you have not made him your king, let me explain something to you. He's already king. He's just waiting on you to come to him. Because God is. He's everything I need. Everything I could ever hope for. We're living in some very dangerous times. I don't know who you are. But if you want to give Jesus your life today, I want you to meet me down here in the front. Is there one? I'd like to always give you that opportunity to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. I love him. I am who I am because of who he is. Oh, yes, God is. God is everything I need. Is there one? Is there one? God is? Is there one? He's worthy. Oh, yes. Amen. If God has moved on your heart today, you've been blessed. I ask that you would stand with me as we close out in a word of prayer. But this is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for you truly are an amazing God. Without you, we can do nothing, but with you, we are more than conquerors. 
Thank you, Father, for what you've done, what you're doing, and what you're about to do. Thank you. We can now see Revelation not as a scary book, but as the finishing, the climax of a great book, the closing chapter, but yet the beginning of another as we enter into eternity from one side to the next. And you are there to help us make that transition. So we thank you, Father, for revelation. We thank you for dealing with the sin issue, for covering us and keeping us. Bless us as we now depart from this space, but never from your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together and bless the name of the Lord in this space. Yeah. Well, that information that has given us inspiration of our beautiful salvation. What do you say? Amen. Thank amen. You, Lord. Amen. Let's stand. We just want to remind the, the stewardship team will be meeting tomorrow here at the church. Amen. Father God, we're so thankful, Lord, for this beautiful message, Lord, to your manservant today. Lord, we're thankful, Lord, for your great sacrifice in revealing this plan of salvation for us. Now bless us and dismiss us from this place again, but never from your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm sorry, I meant the finance committee. Amen.